Hello, gremlins and lovely people. Welcome to episode two of Off the Rails. Today's episode is about another franchise that I love very much, and that is the show Scam and its various remakes. Just like the last episode, this one is going to be riddled with spoilers. If you want to avoid any spoilers for Scam Norway, after the intro, skip to 17 minutes and 48 seconds. And if you want to avoid any spoilers for Scam Italia, stop listening at about 17 minutes and 48 seconds. For this episode, I'm also going to give a trigger warning. Scam handles a lot of serious topics, including sexual assault, homophobia, and racism, just to name a few. Um, I'm going to do my best to give a warning before I talk about each specific issue as well. Um, And so with all of that said, let's get into it. Um, So Scam, which means shame in Norwegian, um, is a TV series that first aired in Norway in 2015. It follows the daily life of a group of high schoolers. Uh, Each season focuses on a different character and a different topic, with the three biggest topics being sexual assault, mental illness, um, slash sexuality, because that's the same season, um, and racism slash Islamophobia. Uh, Scam became incredibly popular and now has a total of eight official remakes. Uh, Since there are so many remakes, I haven't had the chance to see them all. So I'm only going to talk about the ones that I have seen, which are Scam France, Scam Italia, and What the Fuck, which uh, is Scam Belgium. The other remakes, for anyone wondering, are Scam España, Druck, uh, or Scam Germany, Scam Netherlands, and Scam Austin, which is Scam United States. Um, I've heard lots of good things about all of the remakes. I just haven't gotten around to watching all of them yet, so I'm not going to talk about them. Um, so first up is Scam Norway, the original Scam. Um, this is the only version of Scam I've actually seen all of the seasons for, so this will be the, like, longest little talking segment, probably. Um, so season one, I really, like, got into watching Scam because I heard about um, Scam Norway season three and it was supposed to be really good. And I was like, okay, I'll go watch this show. And obviously, right, I'm not going to know what happens if I just start watching season three. So I started watching at season one and uh, it's really good. And I like fell right into it. I think by like episode two, I was hooked. Um, And so this season deals with eating disorders. So that will come up um, in a little bit. Um, but basically it follows the main ca- uh, character, Eva, and um, her relationships. And those are platonic and romantic relationships. Um, and it basically, right, it's she's starting high school. This is her first year. Uh, she doesn't have any friends um, aside from like her boyfriend and his friends. Um, and so it basically just follows like all of the ins and outs of dealing with those sorts of things, making friends, uh, old friendships, all of that stuff. Um, One of the really awesome things about this season is that it's the first one and it sets up all the other seasons of the show, Um, but it does it discreetly because right, like in real life, you don't see something happen and go, oh, that's gonna come back later. And the show doesn't do that either, which is incredibly cool. 
Um, but it also has a lot of smaller issues that I think get handled really well. And so one of those is eating disorders. Um, and so one of Eva's friends, Vilda, has an eating disorder and it's never explicitly spoken about, um, but it's shown in the way that she eats foods or doesn't eat food um, and talks about things like eating food. And another one of their friends, Nora, has dealt with eating disorders before. And so without, you know, making a big deal about it or anything, she helps um, Vilda to start eating like complete meals and foods that have like necessary nutrients. And it's all just handled in a way that is very realistic. It, they don't make a big deal about it. It doesn't get paraded around. Um, and it's not something that goes away. It comes up in um, the other three seasons. There are four in total. Um, and so again, like that's something that's realistic. Nothing just kind of gets resolved and it's like, oh, this is over forever. Um, and so like I said, uh, this season sets up all of the rest of the seasons. Um, and it kind of does that in the last episode of just like a bunch of new stuff gets introduced, um, which is pretty typical for TV shows. Um, and so season two, this is the one that deals with sexual assault. Um, and every other version of Scam also has a season that deals with sexual assault that I will talk about. So being forewarned, but I will warn you again, of course. Um, and so this season follows Nura and it deals with sexual assault. Um, it, this is another one where it's not, obviously it's a big deal, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel preachy, which I guess a lot of teen shows that try and handle these sorts of things tend to get a bit preachy. Um, but it, it does a really spectacular job, the show, of displaying the, the confusion and the isolation and the hurt that comes along with sexual assault. And this specific sexual assault is um, Nora gets blackmailed by someone who took nude pictures of her and she doesn't know how he got them. Um, and neither does the audience. So for the entire time that Nora is confused and trying to figure out what happened, the audience doesn't know either. You're, you watch the scene where it supposedly happens, but because Nora is drunk, the screen is black and silent for most of the scene um, because Nora was blackout drunk and can't remember anything and there are gaps in her memory. And I think that's really cool of uh, a way to basically just introduce the audience to that confusion and missing information that Nora also has to go through. And like I said earlier, this doesn't go away at the end of her season. Um, the, the guy who blackmailed her is actually set up to go to court. Um, and so that's what that season ends with in it. It feels like a happy ending, but it's not. And it, it comes back in another season because these sorts of things don't just go away after a couple of months or after it's been given to the police or after it's been taken to court. Um, and again, sowing the seeds for all of the other 
um, seasons, this one does a really good job of introducing the conflict for the next uh, season without you even knowing it. Um, so obviously I caught that in a rewatch, but it's pretty neat. Um, season three, this is the season that I heard the most about going into this show. Um, this one deals with sexuality. So this season I'll be talking about uh, homophobia a little bit. Um, it's not too bad. Um, so this season follows Isak um, and him coming to terms with his sexuality and the fact that he's gay. And this, I mean, this season is beautiful because not only does it deal with sexuality, it also deals with mental illness and the stigma around mental illness, specifically bipolar disorder. And it's, I mean, it's truly, it's, it's beautiful. It's just one of like the best pieces of TV I've ever seen um, in the way that it handles everything. The levels of internalized homophobia that Isak deals with are, I feel like <laughs> as a queer person, fairly relatable. Um, there's a scene where he takes an am I gay quiz and he specifically chooses the answers that will get him the answer of no, um, which I personally have been there. I don't know if anyone else has been there, but I have. Um, and you can, you can see him deliberately making that decision. He has a roommate who's gay and he talks to him about it. Um, and he's like, well, how can you tell? And jokingly, his roommate says, well, if they have grinder, that's a pretty good sign. And so Isak in the thralls of denying that he's gay downloads grinder. So there's this very much, uh, like deep internal conflict of being gay and wanting to avoid it, but you, you can't avoid that forever. Um, and it also does a, the show, the season does a really good job of focusing on um, homophobia within religion and related to religion. One of the other main characters, Sana is Muslim and she's friends with Isak, and Isak's mom is Christian. It's never specified which specific denomination, um, but she sends him Bible verses every morning, and he's uh, incredibly scared to come out to her because he thinks that because she's religious, she'll just immediately, you know, go off on him, reject him, what have you. And so he talks to Sana, and he says, well, like, why does your religion get to say that being gay is bad? And she, uh, feeling like her religion is being attacked, kind of comes back with, well, you know, being gay has no, um, no scientific merits. It doesn't help with natural selection. Um, so it has to be a disease, which is, is harmful to Isak. It's something that I've heard um, a lot just being uh, in a in a Catholic setting, I go to a Catholic school. Um, and so that's something that is, I feel like fairly reasonable to just interact with. And at the end of the season, she does her own research and comes back and says that she was wrong. She went and she found 
information and proved herself wrong and said, that is realistic. That is how people with mental illnesses get treated a lot of the time. And it's frustrating and it's painful. And that is the point of it. And then add on to the fact that he has a crush on a boy who is bipolar. Um, in this one, it's borderline personality disorder. Um, so a little bit different. Um, but nonetheless, it's a mental illness that affects his life. In this version of the show, he's not Evan, he's Niccolo. Um, but the story pretty much stays the same. And so you see Martino having to learn to, to listen to people and to give them the benefit of the doubt and what it means to love someone who has a mental illness and what it means to, to be there for them and what they need from you. And so by the end of the show, his relationship with his mother has gotten marginally better. It's not going to change overnight and it's definitely not going to change in the span of two episodes. Um, but you can see it starting to get better. And um, again, there's another one of those scenes where um, Martino's friend overhears him talking about um, Niccolo's borderline personality disorder. And he's, again, my mom has it and I love her and we can look back and laugh at it later. Um, but I just, you know, you have to take it as it goes, uh, minute by minute, which is a thing in every version of the show. And it's very sweet. Um, and so that just, it's, there's a lot of complexities. And I think that choice to have Martino be so antagonistic um, with his mother who also has a mental illness and then um, kind of be put through the ringer um, with having a crush on someone who also has a mental illness is a really is really great for his character development but also um, for understanding the the differences and similarities between different uh, mental illnesses I would say um, another good change that I really, really like in this um, version of Scam is that Martino is actually bisexual, not gay. Um, in the original version and in the other two versions that I've seen, um, this character is um, gay. But in this one, um, he acknowledges that he's had um, attraction to girls before he as a girlfriend in a previous season. And so instead of like completely dismissing that, they just say, oh, he also likes boys, which is great. It's fantastic representation. It's nice to see that change. Um, and I think that was a really good uh, creative liberty that was taken, uh, creative change that was made. There isn't much difference, I would say, uh, in season four of Scamatalia from the original version of Scam. Uh, it follows Sana and uh, her dealing with Islamophobia and racism. Uh, this is one of the remakes where this story stayed pretty, pretty true. Obviously there are some differences because Italy and Norway are different and handle different topics differently, um, like from a society standpoint, um, as well as a, directional standpoint for the show um but so there's there's not a whole bunch of differences uh to be made there 
yeah, I don't I don't have that much to say about season four of Scamatalia because I feel like I kind of said it all when I talked about um, season four of Scam Norway. Uh, but those are the two versions of Scam that I will be talking about um, in this episode. In the next episode, which will actually be coming out next week because there was an extra week's uh, wait this time around. That'll be getting released next Saturday. And in that one, I will talk about Scam Belgium, which is called What the Fuck with an O. So I'm not technically swearing. I am in a different language. Um, and Scam France. Um, the second version of this, so the one that comes out next Saturday, is also going to be paired um, with a sort of side episode because um, there are some things with Scam France that uh, need to be talked about, especially considering um, the new law that's been passed in Paris. Um, if you don't know about that, I really suggest that you go look it up, uh, read about it. It's, it's really important and it's really sad to see, especially considering that this show, Scam France, deals with Islamophobia and here we are seeing it, um, in the news. But I guess that's the world today, isn't it? Uh, uh, can't be watched in the United States. So if you would like to watch the show, please send me a message and I will help you find it. I know I, I know where to look and it's legal, I promise you. Um, so no bootlegging here. But uh, yeah, these were um, two of my favorite versions of Scam, the original and Scamatalia. And I hope you liked uh, this episode and I guess I will speak to you next week. But that will be talked about in a, in a sort of separate offshoot episode of the next episode. Um, so you can watch that one. You cannot watch that one. I'll just be talking about that issue. But the main episode will be talking about two other versions of Scam, uh, which I love very much. And I will put this at the end of the next episode as well. But it can be really hard to watch Scam because most of the remakes